Welcome back to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, mm-hmm. and we are just having all kinds of fun going through some topology in Genesis right now. Yes, really all and, in Genesis so um, far. Today we'll be in Genesis 37. Mm-hmm. We get to actually start on some Joseph, which I love. Oh my goodness, it's so So thick. I'm excited about us getting into that. Yes. It'll be, chapter 37 is packed. Yes, packed. So um, yes. we're going to be running. <laughs> but... We just want to thank you before we get started for listening to our podcast, mm-hmm. for sharing it with your family and That's friends. Right. And if you'd like to support our ministry financially, go to eatscripture.com mm-hmm. and to the donate page, and that'll kind of give you information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'd love to have that. So donate page will give you the basics on what you can do to support us that way. So love all of that. And uh, I think, though, it's time to jump into Genesis. So we'll yeah. let's start with um, some reading here. Okay. Why don't we start by reading the first 11 verses of chapter 37? Sure. Sounds great. I'll take it from here. Awesome. Uh, Chapter 37, Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. And these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when he brought, or when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. (laughs) His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying in mind. Okay. A lot of interesting stuff here. Yeah, even just here in the beginning. Right. Crazy. So right here at the start, we find out, and first, you know, we hear about, funny how it says it in chapter 37, verse 2, these are the generations of Jacob, but then really it just gets straight into Joseph. Usually that is uh, what they call the Toledoth um, formula, formula, Mm -hmm. which precedes them telling us uh, genealogy. Right. And I'm assuming that's what... Moses thinks he's doing here, or Abraham. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Moses. Um, and so as he, but as he jumps in, it's just right. strictly, it really just focuses straight on to Joseph. 
Right. I mean, we hear the other the brothers story. are around, right. but yeah, he just starts telling us right about Joseph, uh, the story. And so as he's telling us this story, he gets right away into this idea that the, all these, the Joseph is with some of his brothers and they're, they pasture flocks together. That's how this works. It even says that he was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. Now we know those were the handmaidens of Leah and Rachel and the, and that Jacob has had sons with them. And so Joseph is like, seems to be kind of pushed off to working more with them. I would think there's kind of a hierarchy for sure in the way the sons treated each other. And, and, um, and certainly the sons of Leah think of themselves more highly Right. And apparently Leah didn't take Joseph under her wing mm-hmm. when Rachel right. died. So, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, now now Joseph is just like, you know, treated like a lesser than. We like don't like handmaidens. you. Yeah, you're like a handmaiden's so, child. Yeah. Um, and obviously they don't like him. It tells us right away why they don't like him. And first of all, it tells us even at the end of verse two that he brought a bad report of his brothers yeah. to the father. So well, it that's sounds not like he's gonna, tattling. Yeah, it kind of sounds that way. I don't think that's But really, really that's not the way you have to read it. Right. This is probably a legitimately bad report that he's bringing. He's probably saying, right. well, this is what they're doing out there, dad. And uh, right. and so they're, but they're not liking it. They're obviously upset with him. he's 17. Him. He's not a little boy, but he's right. only 17. So his brothers are looking at him as like he's a child. Yeah, he's, yeah. Definitely the youngest. Um, Which seventeen, to by them. the way, awesome number here. <laughs> yeah, we can yeah. we can talk about that later. Seventeen's in yeah. scripture are awesome. So even seeing Joseph at seventeen, yeah, that's kind of neat. Uh, just figuratively speaking, here. yeah. So it tells us in verse three that Israel loves Joseph more than any of his other sons. I mean, it just makes no bones about that fact. And in verse four. The other brothers are well aware of it, too. They can see that their father loves him more than he loves them. Right. It's obvious. Yeah. There's no hiding it. Right. right. So already, you know, yes, you can, we can talk about bad family dynamics all day, and they've certainly got some. But of course, typologically speaking, we're seeing the Christ figure, the younger brother, as we see so often in Scripture. The Christ figure is our younger brother. And he is hated by his older brothers, but truly the father's greatest love is for him. So typologically speaking, it works perfectly so far. Right. We get bad family dynamics are not on a human level. Right. Typologically speaking, it works. Right. God is using whatever that is. That's so. right. So. Uh, yeah. And then in verses five through 11, he has these two dreams that he wants mm-hmm. to share with his brothers and his father. <laughs> And let him know what he's been dreaming about. Right. Of course, they are completely um, just upset with him, even for thinking that this is something they would want to hear. Well, it even, sounds like, you know, um, when we're reading it, it's hard not to go, why are you telling, why are you sharing this? Yeah. You're thinking they just already hate you, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so he's, but he's like, hey, I got to tell you this dream that I had. In both of these dreams, of course, he is seeing himself as being some kind of ruler over them. That's what it looks like because he's the one who's they're all bowing down to. 
even in his second dream, he talks about how it's it's not just sheaves out in the field. Now it's the sun and the moon and then other stars right. that are bowing down. 11 to stars. Yeah, 11 stars. Like his 11 brothers. Uh-huh. They couldn't have missed that. Yeah. And the father's like, obviously, the sun and the moon must represent his mom and dad. And so his, so his dad is like, really? You think, <laughs> yeah. you think that even your even. mom and I in some way are going to be bound down to you at some point? How, how is this supposed to work? And so, so still though, even at the end of verse 11, his dad does keep the saying in mind, it says, which is right. an interesting way to put right. it. What's dad thinking at this point? Okay. He does love this son more. Right. He thinks this dream is a little strange yeah, for it's sure. Even putting him in sub- Weird. Yes. Subjection. Him in submission to his yeah. son. And yet he's willing to think about, you know, keep it in his mm-hmm. mind. Huh. This is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's this? What's the destiny of this son of mine? Right. You know? And so I can't hear, but even when it says that I can't help but hear Mary in the early chapters right. of Luke, where it tells us a couple of times that she was cherishing things in her heart that were happening right. early on in the life of Jesus. Things in her heart yeah. Didn't know exactly how to take them, so, but going to keep, yeah, going to keep same them in thing mind. With this. And I think also with his own mother, Rebecca, right. who had been told that the younger son would um, be above the older Olders, son. Yeah. And she mm, kind older. of, I think she thought about that a lot. I think that's why she did what she did later. Right. So I think so too. Yeah. yeah. So this is the way Joseph's life, early life uh, that we can see is beginning. And uh, so he's, he's at odds with his brothers. His father loves him most. And we're getting predictions of what's going to happen later on in his right. life. So. All of that's kind of working out so far. Now, I think maybe it'd be best if we go ahead and move into um, verses 12 through the very beginning of verse 25. Um, maybe that would be good for us to read here in just a moment. Okay. Starting in verse 12. Now his brothers went to, the, to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to him, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields, and the man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. And the man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. And when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So Joseph came to his brothers and they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. 
The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. Okay. Wow. This <laughs> is sounding really bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's turned really dark. Yeah, quickly. really dark. Really dark. Okay, you don't like your brother, but everybody creating a conspiracy to do him in is a whole different story. Right. So, Well, but, and first of all, I feel like his dad, who I think, I want to point out, be sure you notice when he's called Israel mm -hmm. and when he's called Jacob. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting mm -hmm. yeah. um, I don't thing the author is doing here. But yeah. um, his dad seems to be almost mm -hmm. making this worse because it feels like he's sending him off yeah. to spy on his brothers. Yeah, to get does, information kinda. and bring it back to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it so, does kind of seem like he might be using him that you know, way. In the actual story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah in we the can story, see in it human story. When we right. look back on it topologically. But, yes. And and I think we should. But mm -hmm. yes, in the original story, it sounds like maybe maybe Jacob is using him that way as because uh, he knows Joseph's gonna come back with the truth about it. So he's using him, you know, right. kind of a spy on Because when sure we see over in the first doing... part he brought a bad report. Well, maybe it's because his dad sent him out and told him to come back and tell him what was going on well yeah and and if that's true then maybe that's okay in one sense i mean you need to know mm -hmm. what's going on out there but nevertheless you know it has he set joseph up to be kind of a a bad guy to his right. brothers and right. you know um i think but he could trust joseph yeah obviously yeah he felt like he could trust him and so right but like you're saying no matter how that works out on a typological level it's awesome. It gets really interesting <laughs> yeah. because, yeah, that's the father is sending out the son to go and see how the shepherding of his sheep is working out. Right. You know. Right. So we find out in verse 12 that they are shepherding or pasturing their the father's flock near Shechem. Now, that again. Yeah, which is where they're supposed to be. Or late. Yeah, that's where they said they would be. Right. That's where the father wants them to be, and that's where it seems that they're supposed to be. So Shechem is an interesting place. We've already heard about Shechem once, a few chapters back, and there was a covenant there, made there, and that covenant also did not work out. It was not a good thing. It was made under false pretenses and then used as nothing but a way to betray those that Israel's sons, that's that right. Jacob's sons right. covenanted with. That. We yeah. didn't talk about that, but that's exactly what happened in Shechem. So that story gets attached to Shechem no matter what. We have a covenant made by the sons of Israel, the mm -hmm. sons of Jacob, mm -hmm. that they intentionally use to get their own way. Yes. To When they don't like what someone has done to them, they use it as a way to murder people they say right. oh sure we'll covenant with you to be part of our group you have to get circumcised but then they only use that as a way to murder to slaughter right. the men of shechem okay so so again so shechem associated with something bad already yes. bad done by jacob's sons a bad decision um, yes right. then one of the major pieces in scripture we have about shechem is from joshua 24 in Joshua 24, the people have been in the land all through Joshua, and they've been conquering and taking over the land. But in the process, 
they have been succumbing to some of the idols and some of the practices right. of the Canaanites, mm -hmm. starting to give their hearts over a little bit to what they to what's there. Both they love both Yahweh, but they also have started to like some of these other gods too. Want to spread out, spread the love, as it were, and so that's what they're doing. In Joshua twenty four, Jacob uh, Joshua has them all in Shechem, and it's there that he says, "Look, it's got to be one way or the other. You people right. either choose Yahweh or choose the gods of this land. But as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh." Right. And then the people all say, "Oh, oh us yes. too." Yes. We're in it too. We're Yahweh people. That's who we are. Yeah. Well, then before very long at all, we see that they're not. But they do is re reaffirm that covenant in Shechem. Yes, we are God's people. That's done in Shechem. Yeah. So here, when we see that they're in Shechem, they're keeping the sheep in Shechem. We want to feel good about that. We want to right. feel like they like they are dedicated to the way of the Lord. But immediately. We, we see find that out they've decided they're not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. They've already decided Shechem to go their own way yeah, exactly. and do their own thing. Yep. They've already taken the flock. For whatever else. reason, they're not where the father sent them. That's right. So Joseph, when he comes, this is what he discovers first is they're not where they said they would be with the right. father's sheep. The father has sheep. They're supposed to be tending them. They said they'd be here and they're not. And they've decided instead to go to Dotham. Luckily, you know, he luckily, I mean, it's kind of orchestrated, obviously, <laughs> sovereignly, that he finds this guy who's able to tell right. him, oh, it's you know, well, that your brother's working here. Yeah, he's just some guy around. who's, yeah, exactly, comes yeah. across this person. And this person says, yeah, they were here, but they've gone to Dothan. I heard him saying they were mm -hmm. going to go to Dothan. Mm -hmm. Which is about 20 miles from where Shechem is. So yeah. it's yeah. not. Close, Not just a hop. Really, a I mean, if yeah. you're out walking, that's yeah. quite a way. You have to try to get there. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're not just going to wander over there. So, in verse 18 and following, then this is where Joseph shows up to his brothers, and they are here, and they see him coming. And like you've said before, I mean, boy, that <laughs> yeah. that coat yeah. is a dead giveaway. That robe yeah. he's got on is a dead giveaway. Oh, that's Joseph coming yeah. for sure. See that colored coat coming at us? Yep. And they are upset with him already. And they're like, oh, gosh, here comes the kid with the dreams who thinks we're all going to rule, uh, be ruled by him one day. Um, I know what we'll do. Let's just kill him. Yeah. Uh, how about that? We'll just get rid of him. Well, then Reuben, though, is the one who stands up. Right. For him Which the last thing we heard about Reuben was not good. That's right. It was uh, not good. He's actually sleeping with. Um, with one of his dad's wives right. back in. Verse 22 of chapter 35. But here, though, we see him arguing on behalf of Joseph. Right. Hey, we're not. Let's not let's kill not him. Let's not kill him. Let's just uh, throw him in the pit. Yep. Shed no <laughs> blood. Let's just throw him in a pit. Because he's thinking he's going to come back and rescue him later. Yes. It says very clearly in verse right. 22. That's what he has in mind. So that he can restore him to the father. Mm -hmm. And now, we aren't told where he goes, but he's gone here for a little while. Yeah, he's gonna now he's gonna leave for a while because the others are gonna concoct a plan that he doesn't know about. But the interesting thing, as we're thinking here, Reuben as the firstborn, the one who would have been in charge, um, you would have thought before this ever happened, and he's the one saying this, kind of gives a typological thought about being the firstborn, gives a thought about Israel's leadership. Right. That is that has done bad in the past, have taken dad's wife in the past, but now is also 
seeing in Joseph something that and the connection that the father has to Joseph and wanting to make sure that he nothing bad happens right. to him. Can't help but think a little bit about it like a Nicodemus type, maybe from the um from the gospels, or a Joseph of Arimathea type, both who were told in the gospels who were men on the Sanhedrin Council. Right. And both who wind up helping in some way trying to argue for Jesus, Nicodemus does uh, at one point in John chapter seven, and then Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus both show up at Jesus's crucifixion to take care of the body. I mean, really, right. yeah, going out of their way to help. So yeah, very the unexpected, there. you know, yes, person who comes to the aid. Yes, just like Reuben seems unexpected mm -hmm. to us here. So yeah. Well, we better get on to this last part of our reading if we're going to have a chance to get through this. So okay. uh, we'll start with just after the beginning of 25. Okay, so starting just after the beginning of verse 25. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. And then Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. And then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him up out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt." Now, when Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? And then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. And then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. And thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Okay. Okay. Well, this is really crazy here because now as soon as they kind of throw him in the pit and kind of go along with what Reuben is saying, then Judah comes up with his own plan about a way to make some money. Right. Hey, he's our brother. We shouldn't kill him but let's just sell him. Then we'll have money and we won't have killed him. Mm -hmm. I, that sounds like what he's going for here. Right. It's these Ishmaelites um, from Gilead. Yes. Who that's actually distant relatives. Yep. And they're traders. <laughs> and they're, and they're uh, trading you know, this. This is what uh, they do. Gum and balm and myrrh. They're well known for this yep. balm, especially Yep. Um, in Gilead. And they're yep. going down to Egypt to sell it. Yep. Judah sees money. Yeah. He gets dollar, dollar signs sign. in his eyes. Right. And decides, hey, you know, we could do this and mm -hmm. we wouldn't even have to be the ones who take his life. Right. Exactly. Nobody will ever know. So they wind up selling him for some silver, 20 pieces. Which is and not much. It's no. like 
maybe two hundred dollars an hour in <laughs> uh, yeah dollars in the today. way we would use it today. So they don't think much of their brother, obviously, right? Well, even when you go back and they had sat down to eat after they threw him in the pit, yeah, come on. yeah, they just okay, time for dinner, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, now we see him sold. And then the next thing we hear in verse 29 is that Reuben comes back, looks in the pit. He's not there. And he flips out. Right. He tears um, his clothes. I think it's interesting because we have several mentions here of torn. Yes. The word torn in yeah. this little passage. Right. Oh, the family and we have, is torn here. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And, and we have the discovery of an empty hole in the ground. Right. Is what we have here right. by the oldest who was exactly. arguing for, to take him back to his father, and so um, this this has really disturbed Reuben terribly. But what they what the other brothers do? They take the cloak that he had that it was his father's. They cover it like you said in this blood. They you know it's more all, deception. Yep. Again, Jacob is surrounded by deception. Either yeah. he's doing it or it's being done to him. Yes. All the time. All the time. Seems like yes. always in his life. Yep. So what's what goes around comes around. He sees the robe when they bring it back to him all covered in blood. And he says, yep, that's Joseph's robe. And then he mourns so terribly that he refuses to be comforted by anybody. And so it claims he'll be mourning until the day he dies over right. this son of Even his. Those other children are trying to comfort him. Yes. He yes. won't be comforted, right. which, uh, you know, throws me forward to even David. Yeah. When his son dies. It's, yes, absolutely. It does. So we hear the father's great mourning mm -hmm. for the son. Right. So really what we've seen in this chapter, we've seen a son who is more loved by his father than any of his brothers and how he then, uh, there are pr predictions dreams about his future where he will rule over all of his brothers. Like prophecy. Yes, very much like prophecy. And I, I think of Jesus standing in the synagogue and reading from the Isaiah scroll mm -hmm. and then saying, this is, this is fulfilled, fulfilled in me. your hearing right and here. everybody getting mad at yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Sounds yeah, I mean, like that. Sounds like the same thing to me. Yeah. And so then we see the older brothers supposed to be caring for the father's sheep, but not doing it the way they should have. Deciding to do it where they want, how they want. And when he does show up to see how things are going, they're angry yes. of, at him, jealous of him. And so they decide to take his life mm -hmm. and then work it into a deal where they're going to make some money. Make where some Judah, money. Right. Judah, Judah, who sounds <laughs> the exact same name as Judas later on, is the one who comes up with a plan to put money in the pocket. For this brother, oh my goodness, this sounds so. This is crazy. Oh, there's so how typological much in this passage. This it's hard to. We're yeah. not going to get it all in here, but. But then we and then we have this oldest brother who, like I said, sounds a little bit like a Joseph of Arimathea or a Nicodemus type, who's arguing on behalf of Jesus later on, and and showing up at his uh, at his crucifixion and helping in certain ways. And then he's the one who's so distraught when he finds the empty hole in the ground right. later on. Right. And so all of these, and all even of these being things, clothed in this, like almost robe of royalty. Oh yes. Or favor. Yes. And then being stripped of stripped it. Stripped of the robe. And yes. thrown into the pit. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. There's yeah. just so much here. It's hard to get it all in, in one podcast. Yeah. But, 
but boy, the, the typology is just yeah. thick. And we're thick, just thick. starting here with Joseph. Right. It's all yeah, we're going to keep going. It's there's a lot yeah. more to go. Yeah, that's the thing. Is thirty seven is really just the beginning of the typology right. of Joseph. It is. It gets absurd what we start seeing. Um. So yeah, the so we'll probably this, refer crazy. back to this some. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I would think so. Um, but yeah, we've seen really what we have here is almost a whole picture. The only thing we don't have here that we almost kind of have is a resurrection, right? Because we do have the empty tomb found. And and uh, at the end yes. of this chapter, and all we're really waiting for is to see him crowned with dead. glory. Yes, I mean, an assumption that he's dead. To Jacob, he's tomb. dead. Yes, yeah. But then this little sentence at the end. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in <laughs> Egypt to Potiphar, yeah. an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Yeah. It tells us, oh, meanwhile, there's something else going yeah, on. Yeah, there's still something There's coming. still life. Yeah. And this yeah. is our cliffhanger. Yeah, it for is. our next podcast. That's right. So. Okay, well, thank you all for joining us. It's been, it's going to be a great walk through Joseph. We look yeah. forward to talking to you next time. God bless.